0: Peace, peace. It's your girl, Jenny B, here live and direct with my new podcast, Life Unloaded. Life Unloaded is my contribution to the collective mental health conversation. Like most millennials, I am on a personal healing journey. Join me as I discuss a broad spectrum of topics related to emotional healing and mental health. Expect knowledge, humor, and personal growth. yes, yes. yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We are back with another episode of Life Unloaded, the podcast. And I want to say good day, good evening, whatever it may be for you. And welcome to all my kings and queens, gods and goddesses, witches and warlocks, wizards and fairies, and everything in between. Yeah. Tonight, Life unloaded. Let's take a look at therapy. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're taking a look at therapy tonight. Today. Well, I'm recording this at night. You guys know I love to work in the in the cloak of evening. So yeah, you'll hear me reference tonight. <laughs> but we are talking about therapy today and yeah we're going to go into a little statistics on therapy currently in, in the united states and we're going to talk about different types of therapy different types of therapists we're also going to have a special guest on towards the end of the episode to discuss her journey with therapy i'm going to give a little bit of my personal th- uh, journey with therapy and we're also going to talk about some self-care tips and of course of course we have to conclude with our mantra our chakra and our therapy tools our takeaways okay so yeah it's gonna be a great show it's gonna be a lovely show if you're in therapy you're not in therapy if you're medicated not medicated (laughs) Whatever it may be for you, it's okay. We're going to get through this together. All right, so let's get started. So first we're talking about some statistics on therapy. Now this comes from the National Center for Health Statistics uh, through the CDC, okay, and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. So this is some legit stats here. You can look them up. You can Google it. This is from September 2022. This is the most recent data I could find. And there's a whole report. I won't go through the entire report, but I did read it. And the key findings from this report, um, this is data from the National Health Interview Survey. It says the percentage of adults who had received any mental health treatment in the past 12 months from 2019 to 2021 among both adults of all ages um, from 19.2% to 21.6% and those aged 18 to 44 from 18.5% to 23.2% so we have growth okay we have growth of people in the United States, right, receiving more mental health treatment. So, I mean, let's clap it up for that. Let's, yes, thank, thank you, God, because Lord knows we need it, okay? Um, It continues, it says, among adults aged 18 to 44, women were more likely than men to have received any mental health treatment that's interesting from 2019 to 2021 the percentage of adults aged 18 to 44 who had received any mental health treatment increased among non-hispanic white from 23.8 percent to 30. wow from 23.8 percent to 30.4 percent and non-hispanic asian from six point from six percent to 10.8 percent in adults Among adults aged 18 to 44, the percentage who had received any mental health treatment increased from 2019 to 2021 across large and medium or small metropolitan and non-metropolitan areas. So this data is basically saying that overall, okay, overall of all ages and specifically ages 18 to 44, mental health treatment has increased in the United States I find that um fascinating but not fascinating I find that to be expected you know what I'm saying like I'm not shocked I'm 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 fascinated yes because I think that everyone needs some sort of mental health treatment I think we all have something going on with our mental health um I'm not saying everyone needs to be diagnosed with something, but I think that we all need some sort of therapy, some sort of counseling, something to help us through life. Because having that third party, that impartial third party there, to just talk to, vent to, bounce ideas off of, is essential, especially in these times and the times that we're headed to. Because it's gonna get real sticky out here. I'm just saying. Um, and pardon me. You're gonna hear the pages turn a little bit. I haven't really worked that that part of the show out yet. I'm still still figuring it out, you know. But yeah, we're we're gonna get there. <laughs> yeah. So it's going up. People getting therapy. People getting some sort of mental health treatment. Um. It's definitely, definitely going up. It's a breakdown here by race, which I find interesting. It says the trend in percentage of adults aged 18 to 44 who had received any mental health treatment varied by race and Hispanic origin. From 2019 to 2021, the percentage of adults who had received any mental health treatment in the past 12 months increased among non-Hispanic white. We went through those numbers. And then it says... For each year, non-Hispanic white adults were the most likely to have received any mental health treatment. Non-Hispanic white adults. That's interesting. For each year, non-Hispanic black adults were more likely to have received mental health treatment in the past 12 months than non-Hispanic Asian adults. I'm just happy to see black people going to therapy. Can we, can we, yes, yes, all that. That one too. Yes, yes, yes. Black people are going to therapy, y'all. we doing it. We, we, we actually are taking those steps to change generational idea, ideas, ideology, whatever you want to call it, cultural. But we are finally getting our asses in therapy and Black people, I'm so proud. I'm so, so proud. Moving on. So. Who can benefit from therapy? Who can benefit from therapy? And I'm going to... You're going to hear... Yeah, I know. Okay. Side note. Okay, side note. I'm smoking cigarettes again. I know. I know. It's sad. It's sad. But... What can you do? What can you do? I have to continue to love myself. Through the the changes. And I went seven months without smoking cigarettes. And now I'm back smoking cigarettes. I know. But I'm going to quit again. (laughs) I'm laughing at myself. That's so sad. I'm going to quit again. I am. Um, I'm at a very heightened energy time in my life spring always does that and i'm very creative i'm writing a lot it's all pouring out of me and i don't know i'm just maybe it's the jane baldwin in me darling but i need my cigarettes i do so yeah that was just a little side note a little oh personal yeah i want yeah Who can benefit from therapy? You can benefit from therapy if you're having difficulty regulating emotions. Your quality of life has decreased. An issue is negatively affecting your school, work, or relationships. You've experienced trauma. You want to increase self-awareness. You want to build and maintain healthy relationships. And you have unexplained physical symptoms. It's very important that last one, the physical symptoms, because we hold trauma, we hold pain and hurt, emotional pain and hurt in our bodies. The body keeps the score, right? So if you have headaches all the time and you can't figure out why you have a headache, there's nothing physical bothering you. There's nothing, you know, that you could be doing physically or eating or anything to cause these headaches or taking. It could be emotional trauma. It definitely could be. So get that checked out, okay? Get your button therapy. We wanna go to therapy. Oh my God. There's a video on YouTube. I can't remember the girl's name. No, on Instagram. I can't remember her name. But <laughs> that's a whole nother story, but she's hilarious. Anywho, so there are five main types of therapy. The first one that is most common is cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. Cognitive behavioral therapy is a time-limited therapy that focuses on the here and now, rather than your childhood. It examines the relationship between our situation, mindset, thoughts, emotions, behavior, and physical reactions. It trains you to automatically question whether or not your thoughts are facts, which slows down your reaction time and helps you feel more emotionally safe, stable. CBT is ideal for people who want to, who want a therapy that works towards solutions with clear goals and practical techniques. Definitely some good stuff in CBT there. And then we have counseling, which is something that I feel like I do for my soul goddess clients, my sister clients. I feel like I'm more of a counselor. Um, A counselor can help you find ways to deal with your difficulties and understand how you're feeling. Counseling can be particularly useful for people who are going through a difficult time, such as bereavement, relationship problems, work stress, or other life-changing situations. Then we have mindful-based therapies. These therapies focus on teaching you to become the observer of your thoughts and feelings. Variations of mindful based therapies include mindful based stress reduction or MBSR, mindful based cognitive therapy, which is MBCT, acceptance and commitment therapy, ACT, and dialectical yeah, dialectical behavioral therapy, DBT. Number four, humanistic therapy. Humanistic therapies use a range of theories and practices to help you understand and enhance your mental well-being. This approach suits people interested in exploring their lives and looking at their issues from a wide range of angles. Variations of humanistic therapy include integrative psychotherapy, person-centered counseling, and gestalt therapy, gestalt therapy. Number five, interpersonal therapy, IPT. IPT focuses on you and your relationships with others and is based on the idea that poor mental well-being is rooted within our interpersonal relationships. A very specific therapy type there. Let's get into, so so you want to go to therapy. We've established that. Or not. But maybe you do. And you're looking up different types of therapy or your therapist may have suggested a type of therapy that sent you down this this, uh, wide range of options. But then we have different types of therapists, right? And when looking for a therapist, it's helpful to know what different titles mean. Mental health providers usually have one or more of the following degrees after their name. So our first section here we have is social workers. LCSW is a licensed clinical social worker. Then we have a CSW, which is a clinical social worker. BSW, bachelors of social work. MSW, masters of social work. ACSW, academy of certified social workers. And then we have DCSW, diplomate of clinical social work. Okay? And then we have psychologists. So we have a psych which is doctor of psychology. We have a PhD, which is psychologist with a PhD. And then we have psychiatrists, which is the MD, doctor of medicine. Uh, psychiatrists deal mainly, pretty much solely with medication. We have psychiatric nurses and nurse practitioners which is an RN, registered nurse, RNP, registered nurse practitioner, MSN, masters of science and nursing. We have pastoral counselors or clergy, masters of divinity, doctors of theology. Then we have marriage and family therapists and professional counselors who usually have a master of arts, master of science, or master of education. We also have alcohol abuse specialists out here, which is a CAC one, two or three certified addiction counselor. So There are a lot of different titles out here. A lot of people available to help you if you want therapy. I say we all need therapy, but that's just my personal opinion. I'll leave that to myself. <laughs> you know, but yeah, those are your different types of, of therapies. Okay. All right. So I wanted to take a closer look to at, rather. I want to take a closer look at um, cognitive behavior therapy. So cognitive behavior therapy is one of the most common used in therapy in general. And it links between thoughts and behavior. It works on the basis that the way we think and interpret life events affect how we behave and ultimately how we feel. It's usually short term, anywhere between 5 to 20 sessions. Um, it's problem specific and goal-oriented, okay? Typically, the goal is to change the dysfunctional thoughts and behavioral patterns into healthy ones and to find new ways to behave by changing the thought patterns. Difficulty is core belief and deeply held beliefs, dysfunctional assumptions, condition conditional rules for living, and having negative automatic thoughts involuntarily activated. Typically, people have negative thought-thinking patterns, like an all-or-nothing type of thinking, negative self-labeling, focusing on the negatives in life, and catastrophizing. Catastrophizing? Is that a a word, y'all? Catastrophizing. (laughs) You know that person that always got something going on, right? Everything is a catastrophe. Everything is the end of the world. It's doomsday. Doomsday. That is catastrophizing. So yeah. The techniques of cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT is guided discovery, working on core beliefs, working on dysfunctional assumptions and working on negative automatic thoughts. Behavioral is activity scheduling grade task assignments, behavioral experiments, okay? And then we have a little chart here. On the top it says what we think affects how we act and feel. That's the thought which connects to the emotion. What we feel affects how we think and do. And then that connects to behavior. What we do affects how we think and feel. So it's like this triangle, this, this flow motion Back and forth. Okay, so just, I don't want to say think positive, because that can, like, kind of fall into the realm of toxic positivity. That's a thing now. (laughs) But I want to say, observe your thoughts and put a positive spin on them. I think I heard Doc Amon say that recently. Life-changing. Okay. But yeah, put a positive spin on it. You know, it doesn't have to be all peachy keen, but it doesn't have to be the end of the world either, okay? So, yeah, that is therapy. That's my introduction here to therapy. We're talking about therapy tonight on Life Unloaded, the podcast. Stay tuned. We're going to come up next. I'm going to dive into my personal therapy journey and give a little background on me. So... Yeah, stay tuned. You're listening to Life Unloaded. And welcome back to Life Unloaded. It's your girl, Jenny Beat here. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you for listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I believe we're on Google Podcasts too. I got to make sure of that. But we're certainly on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So thank you so much, so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Now we're going to talk a little bit about my personal therapy journey. And I'm going to give some background on me. Um, I'm going to talk about my experiences with therapy and psychiatrists and, um, and my experiences in um, hospitals for behavioral health in a book that I'm writing. It's going to be very detailed. My experiences are quite amazing and um, I want to share them in a way that's artistic and, and um, a little more personal. So this is just a short synopsis. It's a very, very deep journey, and I'm still on it. (laughs) But um, yeah, so I'll get into it. Our personal journey with therapy begins um, actually years before I actually ever seen a therapist. I would say it started as a young adult slash teen years. Uh, Journaling has been my therapy, along with music and film and the arts in general. I didn't like school much. But I was in band and choir, right? I literally would do a band performance and they have to run backstage and change it to my choir dress. It was, it was so much fun, but it was a mess. It was a beautiful mess. <laughs> um, so that's what I used as therapy. I used the arts, I used music, I used journaling and writing as therapy through my young adult and teen years. And at age 26, 25, 26, I started researching therapy on the internet, on YouTube. I came across a woman who was a life coach, and her main focus was narcissistic abuse and um, relationships between mothers and daughters, which was my main issue at the time. Um, from there, I studied info on depression, anxiety, schizophrenia. I studied medications, but I had actually, but I hadn't actually taken that step of reaching out to find a therapist or a psychiatrist or anything like that at this point i was just youtube university okay um i also around this time found out that i was that i had brain lesions so i am um an ms warrior i do have multiple sclerosis and i found out around this time and they were doing testing to find out what it was exactly at this time they had only found lesions due to me having an episode where i kind of fainted um So, yeah, that's another story. We'll have an MS episode for sure and autoimmune diseases, all that stuff. Um, But this one is about therapy. So at the time I was being tested for MS and I was officially diagnosed a couple of years later around 4 2018, actually to be exact, it was 4-20-2018. I voluntarily checked myself into the hospital for behavioral health. I had what is called a break with reality. It was the first time anything like that had ever happened. Um, And so I voluntarily went. And that's where my professional therapy journey started. My first therapist was an older black woman that reminded me of my grandmother. She was so sweet, so beautiful. Her perfume always smelled amazing. (laughs) Um, She was exactly what I needed at the time. And we also did counseling, family counseling, with my son, because during the time leading up to that episode, that um, where I volunteered volunteered myself to the hospital, I had some strange things going on in my mind, and I told my son that he all he had to do was go to sleep and he would wake up at Disney World, and that traumatized him, um, along with other things, just worried about him so much and being really focused on his his health when he was fine, things like that. So it was a lot of paranoia, things like that. Um, but yeah, so this therapist, she was a great listener and a comfort. She even made house calls. Our sessions were more like counseling sessions. She didn't introduce any typical types of therapies or processes. She just listened, empathized, and encouraged me. I saw her for a little over a year. After that, I had no therapist for a while. I continued to study mainly different kinds of spiritual systems. Um, Honestly, I also used social media as therapy and built relationships with sisters all over the country. Soul Goddess Creations was born, and Soul Goddess Spiritual Chat, my advisement and tarot business, provided me a space to advise and help others, which in turn helped me. It always does. Um, I took everything I learned and poured it into my sister clients. Sometimes to my own detriment, though. In 2021, after I gave birth to my daughter, I began searching for a therapist again. I was dealing with symptoms of postpartum depression, PTSD, manic depression, and psychosis. The same symptoms as in 2018. I started seeing a psychiatrist again, taking meds again. And finally, I saw another therapist. This therapist wasn't really a good fit. Her main focus was medication. She didn't introduce any concrete resolutions to my suffering. After her, I actually had another break with reality and wound up in the hospital again. Um, and before that, I had actually was seeing, was starting to see another therapist, um, a male therapist. Therapist, a LCSW, a black man, which I was very excited about because you don't see that often. Well, now you do, but at that time you didn't. Um but his main his main style was group therapy. And at the time it didn't work for me either. I was too fragile to sit and listen to other symptoms and stories. It made me feel ob- obligated to help because that's my background anyway. So, it just was not good for me. I just needed something just for me. So, I stopped going after only about two sessions. And I was without professional help again. So, yeah, that's where I was just really trying to figure things out. Um, I moved in January 2022 and took a few months to get acclimated, you know. And then by spring, I was back on the hunt. Back on the hunt. This time... This time I had more resources, okay? I had more resources through the Norton Neuroscience Institute and I shout them out because they are amazing. The Neuroscience Institute, they um, like connected, they gave me a whole list of therapists to try to call and see who would work with me and my insurance. And I didn't even get halfway through the list before like a week, maybe two. I had got connected to my current therapist. And we've been in sessions weekly since. Okay? Yay! Yay. I found my therapist. (laughs) She's a perfect fit. We meet weekly. And she has helped and encouraged me so much. Um, Actually, this show, you know, Life Unloaded, is the fruits of her speaking life into me and motivating me on a weekly basis to pursue my goals. So thank you, therapist. I'm not going to say your name. We're going to keep you know under wraps or whatever but thank you therapist <laughs> i appreciate you i never thought i'd be spilling my guts to a white woman mm-hmm. I-, I never thought it but you know it is what it is <laughs> i mean i'm excited and it's working we have amazing conversations sometimes we don't even do any type of specific therapy we just shoot shit like we just talk about what's going on in the world um she doesn't pepper me with questions and it's just flowing communication I'm very very extremely grateful and yeah so on this current journey with my current therapist she has introduced me to something that is absolutely amazing to me um there's a lot of talk out there about it, but it's one of the oldest therapy tools out there, and that is EMDR therapy, which is what we're going to talk about next. Okay, so let's get into it. EMDR. What is EMDR? E is in I. M is in movement. D as in desensitization, and R as in reprocessing. So that's eye movement desensitization
1: and reprocessing
0: therapy. It's one of the most researched and most common methods used to treating trauma. EMDR is a type of psychotherapy that helps people to heal from the symptoms and emotional distress caused by disturbing life experiences. Okay, so In my current therapy journey, we've been focused, well, in the beginning of it. So we've been about a year, a year, some change now. Um, But in the beginning of it, we focused more on childhood trauma because that's what I presented. uh, That's what I needed to focus on. And EMDR has really helped with that. EMDR can help with depression, anxiety, PTSD, and trauma, phobias, addictions, and other emotional problems. So how does it work? How does EMDR work? EMDR helps to process trauma and memories that are stuck, quote unquote, stuck in your body and are affecting your nervous system. Okay, so this goes directly to the brain to work on those core memories and core beliefs. It's processed through bilateral stimulation. Bilateral stimulation is movement in a side to side pattern So imagine like a tennis match. You know how you watch a tennis match and your eyes go back and forth, back and forth. That's how you process EMDR. In EMDR, eye movement, tapping your knees or your back or your arms and forth sounds can be used. Your therapist will safely guide you through bilateral stimulation at a specific speed while you're thinking of an event or memory. By doing that, memories are reprocessed. A trained therapist helps you to reprocess disturbing memories to help you resolve the stress and symptoms associated with an event. This has been extremely helpful for me. Um, Yeah, reprocessing those memories that kind of keep you in a loop or even, in a, even something simple, like an embarrassing moment in high school or something like that, that you continue to process and hold as a, a, a core memory, a negative core memory, may stop you from pursuing your dreams or your goals, you know, because you have this idea that you're not good enough, and then you have this cycle of memories on a loop reminding you, so to speak, that you're not good enough when you when you certainly are, we all are. So you you make more preg you make more progress with EMDR in less time. Most people report more progress in less time than with talk therapy alone. Research shows a success rate for EMDR in the treatment of PTSD at 80 to 90 percent. 80 to 90 percent? What? And up to half of the time of traditional talk therapy. So in half the time, you can reprocess those memories. You can change and transition, transform those negative core beliefs into positive core beliefs. Lock them in, tap them in, and boom, you've reprocessed your brain. You've rewired a section, a small section of your brain. It, it really does work. It's working for me. And actually, I we were doing it very consistently for a couple months, a few months, and then I decided to take a little break. But my therapist always um, allows me at this point to bring up EMDR if I want to use it because it's, I wouldn't say it has any negative side effects, but it can be mentally taxing or exhausting if you're not in a strong enough mindset to go back to those negative memories. Um, and then you never really know what will come up during EMDR because your your, your brain is kind of in a, a space of meditation. It's It's more like meditation. My mind gets very clear during EMDR. And then I just allow myself to observe what's going on in my mind. And then my therapist will ask me after um, a session, she'll say, well, what came up? Did anything new change? Any new thoughts? You know, things like that. So it's it's amazing. I love it. Um, and I actually realized that I had been doing a little EMDR in my own way with music, where I make my eyes dance back and forth. I've done that on my Instagram a lot. Of people thought I was going mad. and Maybe I was, but... <laughs> Maybe I was going a little mad, but I would be, like, dancing with my eyes back and forth to, like, mask off by future, going nuts on the internet. So, And then I thought back when, when my therapist introduced this to me, I said, oh, my bleeping God. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah, I'll go ahead and say it. I've been doing this already. I mean, I know I'm not the only one. I know I've seen other people doing it, so learn about EMDR. Okay, the EMD just a breakdown really quickly of the EMDR therapy process: history taking, preparation, and then desensitization with assessment. Okay, so history taking, you identify the problems, you take relevant history, develop a treatment plan, and then. With preparation, you develop coping skills, practice self-calming, emphasize strengths. Desensitization is done with the bilateral stimulation. It strengthens positive thoughts, continue until distressing emotions decrease. And then with assessment, it identifies disturbing memories or events, identify negative, I'm sorry, identify emotions and negative thoughts, and identify more healthy thoughts. So it's a process, but it really works. It worked for me. So EMDR therapy, check it out. If you're in therapy, ask your therapist about it. It might be something that your therapist has never heard of, or maybe your therapist just didn't take that step into learning it. But, yeah, EMDR. Fucking awesome. All right, so yeah, that is my personal therapy journey. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. (laughs) Stay tuned. You're listening to Life Unloaded. We're talking about therapy. And up next, we're going to have the interview with one of my sister clients, Phoenix. Phoenix, amazing, beautiful sister. And she talks a lot about her therapy journey. So yeah, stay tuned. You're listening to Life Unloaded podcast. hello hello and welcome hello hi phoenix so everyone i just want to go ahead and say welcome back again to life unloaded the podcast um again i'm your girl jenny beat and we are live here on the line with phoenix Phoenix, tonight we've been talking about therapy, all about the different kinds of therapy. Um, I've told a little bit of my personal journey with therapy, and I wanted to have you on to discuss your journey.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Great. I'm
1: I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) Perfect, perfect. So I had a few questions for you. Um, I always start off with going, like, taking it back, right? Just trying to get a little bit of history. So I wanted to know, was therapy ever discussed in your home? Um, Did you have a parent or a family member that ever went to therapy?
1: So, no. Um, Therapy was actually looked down upon in my home. Mm -hmm. Um, I come from kind of a religious background not like super strict but enough where like therapy is just like you know pray about it or get over it or like you know it's looked at like just don't be emotional it's not that big of a thing and and only crazy people get therapy type of
0: Mm.
1: so no it was not like welcomed
0: (laughs) yeah i mean and that's that's pretty common especially in our community it's definitely something that you see a lot of, you know. Just go to church, pray it away, you know. Yeah. Um, so definitely, thank you for sharing that. So you never had a parent ever attend therapy at all? You said
1: no, I did not. Uh, neither okay. I attended therapy. I'm still trying to advocate for my mom to do therapy, but she won't do it. So no.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. And how did you feel about therapy personally prior to going?
1: Um, Prior to going, I'm not going to lie, I did kind of go along with uh, the narrative that was placed upon me um, growing up, um, only because I didn't really know anything about it. Like I said, it wasn't talked about in my household, so I didn't look at it as like a benefit or anything. I just thought it would be for crazy people, like there would really have to be something wrong with me um, to get therapy. So that was my initial feeling towards um therapy it kind of took me to like research and really um talk to other people outside of my immediate family to get a better understanding of what it was
0: right right and how did you, what prompted you say Noah, maybe i need to talk to somebody um well
1: because i honestly suffered from depression um on and off all throughout my childhood to be honest okay
0: I never knew okay
1: what it was Um, I kind of internalized my depression as something is wrong with me, um, that type of thing. But the older that I got, I began to have children and it really started to worry me that I didn't have a a solution for the way that I would feel and how down I would get, which prompted me to research resources. Like this can't be life, you know, just kind of just being okay with, um, being down on myself this way Mm -hmm. and worse critic. Like no matter what I did, I just, I wouldn't know how to celebrate myself. I wouldn't know how to just feel good about being me. I just would get in these moments when I just felt like I didn't want to be bothered with the world, with life, with anything. And once I had my kids, I'm like, Oh no, like I have to change this. This is not okay. This, this, this isn't how it's, how it should be because now they're watching me. So, it just made me want to be a better person all around my my kids.
0: That's beautiful. They're your reason.
1: Yes, absolutely. We all
0: find our reason, right? Yes, absolutely. That's beautiful. I'm so proud of you for even being aware and doing it. You know what I'm saying? A lot of us still stay stuck in those depressive cycles and you pulled yourself out of it and you sought help. So that's, that's amazing. So yes. congratulations to you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Now, so how did, how did you actually find your therapist or how did you choose a therapist? Well,
1: um, so the catalyst of my, uh, like the, the turning point, like I said, was me having, um, children. And then I was married. I was in a sort of, um, abusive marriage. And then my dad died, which kind of Mm. whole world started to like crumble around me. It just seemed like everything was terrible. Um, and then my dad I'm sorry for your loss. Oh yeah. No, no problem. Thank you. Um my dad passed and I was gen um initially looking for grief counseling. Um mm-hmm. and I wanted to someone to kind of just help me understand what it was that I was going through, how I was feeling, because I didn't have a relationship with him and now he's gone forever and I felt like my identity was kind of tied into him. And then he kind of like took it with him in a way. So I didn't know hmm. what to do with that. Like, what do That's I see? <laughs> like, how do I figure that out? He kind of left with a whole piece of me. We've never even resolved. Like, you know, what am I supposed to do? And then my husband treated me. Not even going to get into that. But it, it didn't help what I was going through at home while I was losing him. And I just needed- right talk to so that's what got got the ball rolling with looking for help it's like I just need somebody else to talk to that I feel like it's a safe space and Mm -hmm. I'm gonna judge me or be like oh you didn't have a relationship with him anyway why are you crying like you know why do you feel bad like that type of shit were you like what
0: (laughs) you needed an impartial third party yes somebody
1: (laughs) just listen to what I'm saying I'm hurting you know like that
0: yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> so so did you have any idea of what kind of therapist you wanted did you know if you wanted to talk to a woman or a man because I'm asking because I know uh, my listeners are maybe considering therapy or trying to figure out therapy and I know that a lot of people can get a little picky with their therapists you know what I'm saying like yes. I've been through a couple myself before I found my my beloved therapist I have now so yes. did you have an idea of what you wanted
1: I did so um, you know, another part of my journey was also um, empowering myself in my melanated, beautiful black skin. You know, so I felt like my therapist, they would have to be black, they would have to be a woman. You know, that was my ideal person because, um, like I said, I didn't have really like a, a male. Um, figure in the household so I wasn't really comfortable talking to a male I just felt like it would be it would just kind of flow easily if it was um, a black woman mm-hmm. so it was initially who I sought out but you know uh, God has a funny way you know when you when you tell him your plans he'll laugh or whatever that saying is because the yes, black yes, women, yes 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 <laughs> yes, the black women that I encountered oh jeez, like Not, not what I needed. They made, they made what I was going through ten times worse. So, Mm. we'll say be open minded when you're Mm -hmm. for a therapist. There's nothing wrong with shopping for a therapist, but go along with what feels good, not with what you you know those those that list that you come up with in your head because it may not look like that. They may look. Mm -hmm completely different and the therapist that I have now he looks completely different but I love him like I love him so much so yeah
0: <laughs> well I'm, I'm glad you you found your right fit I was actually talking about a little bit about my journey as well on the show and my first therapist was a black woman and now my therapist is a white woman and I never thought I would be spilling my guts more to a white woman but I certainly am <laughs> Mine is a white man. So really,
1: me even thinking, oh, you know, the woman would be more comfortable. Honestly, I like the structure that comes from him being a man, but I also mm-hmm. like he validates me with him not being in my skin and not knowing my journey because some of those black women were judging me as if like, oh, you know, um, uh, well, that's not a big deal. We can handle that. We'll tackle that. Like kind of not even.
0: Though. Oh, I'm sorry you experienced that. Yeah. That's horrible.
1: And then they would be like, you know, trying to be my good girlfriends. And I just didn't feel like there was any professionalism. By the time mm-hmm. I was done with those sessions, I could tell you their whole personal life story. And the session is for me.
0: So right. I was
1: like, no, this is not how it's supposed to be. I shouldn't do this. <laughs> like it doesn't feel good. So, Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was shocked too with my um with my current therapist because my first therapist, she was an older black woman. She reminded me a lot of my, a lot of my grandmother. Mm-hmm. But she didn't really, we didn't really do any type of concrete therapy. She just kind of listened to me vent, which at the time I guess that's what I needed. But I think God just sends you who you need at the time you need it. Because now my my current therapist, we've been doing um EMDR. I don't know if you ever heard of that.
1: I've heard of it, but I have not done
0: it before, but I have heard of it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's remarkable. The results. Um, it's just about bilateral stimulation, tapping in the, the good thoughts, um, releasing those core negative beliefs and turning them to po- to positive beliefs. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'll talk more about it on the show. You'll get to see it and everything, but it's, it's really helped me. So
1: I love that. I never,
0: I never, who would have thunk it though? <laughs>
1: You know, like, it, it it's crazy. I'm glad that I let go of what I thought therapy was even supposed to look like, because I was mm-hmm. able to um, get the help that I really need. Like you said, um, the experience is different. So he gives me homework, you know, um, he remembers some of the very first conversations that we have. And we've been together almost like a little over a year now. So he can literally go back and regurgitate something that I said to him on one of our first phone calls. So I know that he's actively
0: he's thorough. Th-
1: yes. You know,
0: I, that's what I was. That was my next question. I was going to ask you how long have you actually been in therapy? Well,
1: I started my therapy journey in 2019, but mm-hmm. th- that I have now I've only been with him for a little over a year. So I've been shopping around for a couple years now.
0: Um, wow. We have so similar journeys because I've been with my therapist for a, a little over a year now. So, <laughs>
1: so happy so happy that that I found a home (laughs) a home that I needed to be in in therapy so
0: yes 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 how has being in you you told me I was going to ask you how has therapy helped you or hurt you you told me how it attempted to hurt you with those therapists that weren't professional but how has it helped you in your current state like can you give some examples
1: it's helped me tremendously to understand um, a lot of things about me that I did not know how to verbalize, I guess, as just who I am as a person.
0: Mm-hmm. It helped
1: me understand the breakdown and, and how um, why I have trouble communicating certain things. It helped me to understand why I'm triggered by things and understand that I've been having PTSD well before the incident you know that recently happened with my husband but that this kind of started you know with me in childhood it just helped me to get to be able to look at what i've been through and put a name to it and be able to understand it and to take a step back when i'm overwhelmed i know now what my triggers are when i'm being triggered and um most importantly to just not engage, not to feel like I have to have a solution for every problem, which that is what gives me anxiety. It's like let me fix it, let me fix it. Therapy has taught me that I don't have to fix everything and things will be fixed in due time and um, it's okay for me to just uh, detach or disengage and figure it out on an, at another time, another day to have compassion for myself because I was given the world compassion. And I wasn't giving me any. So mm. a lot with that, with understanding
0: that. Wow, that, that definitely is, I appreciate you sharing that. It's going to help a lot of people. Um, I appreciate you coming on tonight. And I thank you. I'm so glad that you're in therapy and you found a great therapist. You found a therapy home, like they say, a church home. <laughs> yeah. You found a therapy home. A therapy home. And um, I'm <laughs> proud of you. And you're welcome. You're welcome. And thank you so much for coming on. We're going to end it there. I appreciate you coming on Life Unloaded.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I love what you're doing. I love the conversation. I can't wait to listen to all of the informative information that you have been giving us. So um, stay in tuned. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. And... I look forward to hearing what you have to give us. Thank you.
0: Thank you, boo. You have a good night, Phoenix. You too. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. And we are... (laughs) We are back. We are back girl jenny v here on life unloaded thank you thank you again to phoenix for coming on that was an amazing conversation and we will continue to have those conversations we're gonna wrap the show up tonight today whatever you may say with some alternative therapies right some things you can do besides the mainstream therapy route art therapy seven ways that art therapy benefits mental health, it relieves stress, encourages creativity, boosts your self-esteem, helps you to express your feelings, increases empathy, increases dopamine, which is, we all know, that's the one. That dopamine, gotta get that dope, okay? And it eases the burden of chronic conditions. So if you're dealing with a uh, chronic condition, such as an autoimmune disease, Art therapy can help you with that. So get into getting some art supplies or coloring books or just get you a a sketch pad or just get a plain old piece of paper and a pen and go for it and draw what comes to mind. Um, Other types of art therapy could be music, right? So music in the brain. Music is therapy and it connects directly to the frequency of your brain. Um, It helps pull attention away from negative stimuli. When we listen to music, it acts as a distractor, focusing our attention away from any negative stimuli and shifting it towards positive stimuli instead. Music releases the feel-good chemical. When we listen to music, the neurotransmitter dopamine, also known as the feel-good chemical, is released into our bodies. This is the same chemical that causes runners High in athletes, okay, and then it stimulates brain waves. When we listen to music with a strong beat, our brain waves can be stimulated. Faster beats encourage more concentrated and alert thinking, while slower beats are associated with relaxed meditative states. Get those binaural beats going, you know. Um, it improves your state of mind. Listening to music has a tendency to improve your state of mind and it can help you keep anxiety and depression at bay, And then finally, music reduces the perception of pain. Studies found that when you listen to calm sedative music, your perception of pain is reduced. Music takes your mind off the pain and helps you focus on something else. Right? So, dealing with MS child, when you talk about pain, honey, you talk about Pain. M.S. pain. M.S. pain is kind of like your body going through a slow death. But if you take, take care of yourself, M.S. M.S. pain can uh, it can be manageable. Okay, so I just had to put that out there because, but your girl know about pain. But here are some um, self-care ways, six types of self-care and ways to practice them, okay? So we got physical self-care, emotional self-care, spiritual self-care, intellectual self-care, social self-care, and sensory self-care, okay? So physical self-care, pretty much self-explanatory, nutrition, exercise, exercise, Um, eating your fruits and veggies, keeping that movement going, taking care of your skin, right? Emotional self-care, going to therapy, (laughs) but um, also becoming mindful of your triggers and thinking patterns, finding ways to work through them rather than uh, bottling them up inside. So journaling, mindfulness, and meditation, being creative, that art therapy is good for emotional self-care. Then you got spiritual self-care. It doesn't necessarily have to relate to religion, although it can for some people. When you practice spiritual self-care, you are nourishing your soul and you're striving for inner peace, and you are seeking to find purpose and meaning in life. Some ideas are meditation, spending time in nature, and uh, donating time to a charity or cause that you believe in. Intellectual self-care. The type of self-care includes doing something you enjoy that nourishes nourishes and challenges your mind, expanding knowledge and learning a new skill, reading books, learning a new language, watching a documentary on a topic you're interested in. And then we have social self-care. Humans by nature are social beings. The type of self-care may look like, may look different for introverts and extroverts. Because our levels of comfort in situations different and social situations differ, Um, But connections are important to us all. Some ideas are spending time with loved ones, reconnecting with an old friend, striking up a conversation with someone at a coffee shop. Something like that. But getting social outside of social media, I think, is the main goal here. And then we have sensory self-care. Sensory self-care helps you nourish your senses, sight, smell, touch, sound, which is an effective way of bringing your mind to the present moment. And helping you lower your stress level. Some ideas are burning your favorite scented candle, listening to soothing music, walking barefoot in the grass, grounding. That's the root chakra work, which is our chakra for the week. And our mantras for the week are root chakra mantras. <clears throat> so, uh, root chakra is I am grounded and stable. I am grounded and stable. Let me tell you, unloaders. Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell (laughs) y'all. Side note, side note before we get out of here. So, my life unloader listeners, unloaded listeners, are now called the unloaders. We unload, okay? We don't hold it in, we don't hold it back. We are confident, we are strong, we are independent, we are worthy. Etc. 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 So, we are the unloaders. Okay? Yes. Right at Seven Eleven on the recording. And then tippy. hmm So, yeah. Unloaders, get into that sensory self-care. Walk around barefoot in the grass. If you're near sand, honey, take advantage of it. Get to that beach. Put your, put your feet in that water. Put your feet down in that sand. And ground yourself to the planet. Because above all... And before anything else, we are all earthlings. We are inhabitants of this beautiful, magnificent, wondrous planet. And we must maintain our grounding and security to it. Let's not fly away, lo- unloaders. Let's stay right where we're at. Okay. All right now. Don't y'all not don't, don't don't y'all go running away from me. Y'all stay right here on earth with me. We're gonna make it through this together. This thing called life, this school called life. Um, Use your senses. Be well, everyone. We're going to end there tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in to Life Unloaded, Life Unloaded, the podcast with Jenny Beat. I appreciate you. And remember, I am grounded, I am stable. Thank you. And Be well. Peace.